Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. This show is sponsored by Charlie Pierce for Governor. We want to thank Charlie Pierce for Governor for sponsoring the Must Read Alaska show and making it possible for this show to be spread far and wide in all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. It's March 14th. The newsletter is already out for the day, and I am broadcasting today from Skagway, Alaska, where I'm sort of holed up for a couple of weeks doing, um, we all have got some family business down here. And, and on, the, um, on the other line there is John Quick from Nikiski, my co-host, who is uh, working the dials right now. And John, uh, you don't look like you're in Nikiski today. <laughs> Thanks so much, Suzanne. John Quick here. And I am in the... Uh the beautiful and bright San Diego. I'm living the dream down here, rough life, uh, rough. 80 degrees and sunny. And uh, I'm down here for a social media marketing event, learning all of the tips and tricks of the latest and greatest from, um, you know, Instagram to Facebook to WhatsApp app to, you know, TikTok. And, and hopefully I can come back to Alaska with some new, new tricks of the trade. So I'm down here all week, uh, roughing it in 80 degree weather. Well, I hope there's a pool involved somewhere. There's some... there's a pool that's heated, and it's right. already eighty degrees, so it's um, uh, you know, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I know you don't drink, but you know, some sort of a like a little pina colada, virgin pina colada with an umbrella in it, at least just for just for my sake, okay? I had a, a club soda with a lime. I was getting a little crazy. Oh yeah, you're going crazy. <laughs> well, we have a special guest today, and and we want to get to it because um, uh, she's a very good friend of uh, Must Read Alaska. It's Bernadette Wilson, the state director for Americas for Prosperity. She has uh, just exploded that organization in the past few months since so she took control of it. Uh, I think, Bernadette, when did you become the state director of Americas for Prosperity? Is it December? Middle, middle of September last year. Yeah. Okay. So it's been yeah. a few months. Well, it hasn't really gone by fast. And what's interesting is that you have made a huge splash on the national scene with your organization. I know Americans for Prosperity has, um, it has what, 37 states that have organizations throughout the states. And these are grassroots organizations. 30, 35. Thir 35, okay. And, um, and you are one state director out of the 35. And uh, I guess you're making quite a splash because you have had these amazing um, trainings for grassroots people like myself and John, and we've been to these trainings and they're, they're amazing. In, um, you've had them in at the Captain Cook in Anchorage. And I want you to tell people about these trainings that you had. And, um, but first of all, explain to people what Americans for Prosperity is really all about. So Americans for Prosperity is a grassroots organization that advocates to break down barriers so that individuals, businesses can reach their full potential. So we are 
advocating on behalf of individuals, behalf of businesses, whether that's on things like education, rolling back government regulation, reducing taxes. Um, you know, we do a lot of stuff with criminal justice reform, immigration, the list goes on and on. Um, so yeah, it's an awesome organization with people, as you mentioned, all over the country that really depends on the grassroots and goes back to the idea that the power does indeed belong to the people, right? That this is a government of the people and by the people and for the people. And this means more than just voting and maybe April and maybe in November, but truly a government where we need to be engaged in to not just help with policy and getting people elected, but then holding them accountable so that we make sure that they do what they said they were going to do. Right. And so it's been around in Alaska since about 2015. I remember when it got started and it is a now now under under your command and you are doing you made some changes. You've got some big trainings that have gone on. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. First training you had, there were over 100 people in that training. and They gave up their Saturday to come and learn about how to communicate more effectively with lawmakers and how to how to get involved, um, like you're know, doing door knocking and things like that but how to essentially become better communicators of a, of a pro-business, a pro-freedom message. Yeah, no. So we've had those three um, we have all gone very well. In fact, Americans for Prosperity has told me, our regional director said this is the second, or excuse me, our second event that we had, the level two, was the largest that AFP has had. So you know, as you mentioned, we started out with more than 100 people on the first one. We had about 60 at the second one. And that was on the same day as the start of the Iditarod. We got 9.9 .9 feet of snow that day. Um, it's on a Saturday. It's early and it's all day. So it's a lot. I was thrilled this past Saturday when we had 80 people walk back through the door for that training and really focusing on, you know, what is what is that story? How do we tell that story? How do we best communicate so that we can be effective, whether that's with a legislator or whether that's just talking to our neighbor, right? How can we take this conversation and drive that narrative to make lasting change? So 80 people walk through that door. You know, Suzanne, I am so honored and humbled by the fact when you look at how big these events are, it's all of the Alaskans that have come together that have made this happen. I've had a phenomenal staff. I've had phenomenal support from Americans for Prosperity, even at the national level. But really who made that a great event was every single person that filled that seat. And that is incredibly refreshing for anyone that feels like they get discouraged with the political process or they feel like government's just in the way. It was so energizing to be there with all of these people and realize that's who made this a great event. It wasn't me. It wasn't any individual. It was everyone kind of coming together. And you can feel this energy. So in the last month, month and a half, um, we've had some awesome events. Oh, and we're well, just getting started. Yeah. And so you've got um, you have the first uh the first uh, grassroots training event, that level one, and then the level two, you had 80 people showed up for that. I'm sorry, I missed that. I was, I'm, I'm down here in Skagway. I wasn't able to go to it, but I heard amazing things about it. And so do you think you might have another level two event or are you going to go on to level three? Because I think level three, you like you're going out of state for that or something. Right. So yes, yes, yes. And yes, we've had a lot of people ask about now that word is kind of has spread about a level one. Uh, we've had a lot of people ask if we'll do another level one. We absolutely will. 
for this level too. We had a lot of people that were out of town and I think the phone has been ringing off the hook. Mm -hmm. The emails have been coming in like crazy. Um, I laughed and said, you know, realistically, we could probably do another one in a week and get another 100 people there. I don't doubt that one bit. Uh, we are also in the middle of session, so we've got to kind of focus on our legislative priorities at the moment. Right. But we will absolutely be doing another one. So hopefully um, sometime this summer, we will not only have another level one, but we'll have another level two. So for people that missed it and all of you that are sending us messages on Facebook and calling and sending emails, I we absolutely know I hear your cry and we will we will get on it. Well, wait until I get back from Skagway, please. And then, because I like to attend that level two. I know that level one was a really, really good training. I went to it both both times because it's just excellent, excellent training. Well, let's talk a little bit about your legislative priorities because uh, like you said, it's not just all about training. It's about actually getting some other things done as well. And I have talked to you before about this certificate of need, or as I like to say, it's a big con job, C-O-N. And a certificate of need is something that your organization is taking on as a legislative priority in Juno, because um, it is a, it's very hard to describe to people what it is because it sounds so arcane, but maybe you can, you can tell people what it is. It involves hospitals, everybody. Right. So certificate of need refers to a batch of regulations that essentially allows for hospitals to have monopolies. And it, puts huge barriers in the way for not just hospitals, but even clinics to expand. So whether that's to expand in the sense of starting a new clinic somewhere, or whether that's expansion as far as medical equipment goes, hospital beds, that sort of thing. So with Americans for Prosperity, especially here in, a, in the state of Alaska, we're focusing on that because we don't feel the mon monopolies within the healthcare system work. We've seen the huge cost of healthcare in Alaska. And we know that in states where you have certificate of need, healthcare costs are about five to 6% higher than in states where you do not have certificate of need. So essentially right now, if someone wants to go start a clinic or if they wanna go buy a new MRI machine or go expand their hospital bed capacity, they can't do that unless the state says that they have their stamp of approval to do it. So what that's done is it's allowed a monopoly for the hospitals to kind of push out smaller clinics from starting, from opening. It's prohibited prohibited them from being able to expand in areas where they felt um, were necessary. And so you have this whole batch of regulations that's interesting, you know, you can go back to the Trump administration and the Obama administration and the Bush administration. And something that all three of those administrations agreed on was that we needed to end certificate of need. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you have even the FTC said in 2019, they sent a letter to the Alaska state legislature saying, hey, certificate of need needs to end. So when you have Obama and Trump both saying this needs to end, and it has been ended on a federal level, and some states have ended their certificate of need, obviously, um, but despite the fact that the feds even rolled it back and said, hey, this doesn't work, Alaska continued to do it. And we all know how hard is it to get the federal government to admit that a regulation needs to be rolled back and how wrong it is. At the point that you have even the Obama administration admitting that, that ought to be your red flag that clearly this has not helped to reduce our health care costs. Right, oh, but here, um, you know, John, let me, let me just read something from the state's own website. They defend it. They say that it is necessary. It says, the state of Alaska has a vested interest in new healthcare construction projects and equipment purchases because 
of the large amount of money the state expends for Medicaid. So the thing is, is that their rationale is the more federal money and state money that we spend on Medicaid, the more the state gets to determine what gets built. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, you go back to that whole idea of monopolies. We all know. Think about this. How many people do you know that have flown out of state because they couldn't get the health care in Alaska that they needed or they couldn't get it in a timely manner because there wasn't the availability? Right. We talk about the high cost of health care in Alaska all the time. But yet we know that these states that have certificate of need laws, it's five to 6% higher. It's time to roll that regulation back. Obviously the hospitals don't like it. They push back, right? Someone um, this weekend, one of our presenters gave an analogy and said, you know, it's like if you wanted to open up a pizza place and all these other big pizza joints rallied together and said, well, we, we're not going to allow you to open one, right? I mean, can you imagine what a monopoly that would create? It's time to break that monopoly up so that Alaskans can have more affordable health care and more access to health care, better access to health care. Yeah, one of the things, uh, Bernadette, that's um, I've always found intriguing is um, the like the Kenai Peninsula Borough, they have 350 staff. And about four years ago, they came up with a uh, insurance policy that said it's too expensive to have surgery in the state of Alaska. So we're actually going to pay somebody. We're going to give them a first class plane ticket. We're going to put them up in a nice hotel and we're going to fly them to Arizona to get a knee surgery or a hip surgery or whatever surgery, because the state of Alaska, it's way too expensive. Um, so my question to you is this, can you talk a little bit about um, what this means for the average, you know, stay at home mom or stay at home dad, how does this, you know, a lot of these lofty certificate of needs and finance committee meetings and, you know, bills that the um, uh, hockey mom or dad are probably not going to read. How does this impact the average uh, person in Alaska? Well, I know more than one hockey parent that's taken their player out of state uh, to get, you know, whether it was the MRI or whatever it was, because they couldn't get it here in a timely manner. But the biggest thing is, you know, we have seen all of these headlines, especially over the course of the last couple of years, right? I think COVID kind of highlighted, but you remember all of the headlines about the shortage of hospital beds. You remember all the headlines about elective surgeries being delayed because we just didn't have the capacity, right? We didn't have the bandwidth to do it. Like I said, this, the stories about the high healthcare costs in Alaska, you can find a dime a dozen. And so that is for the average person they may not understand or know what certificate of need is, but you undoubtedly have lived this and read about it at least on a weekly basis, if not more frequently. So while you may not recognize it by its name, certificate of need, um, 100% Alaskans absolutely have felt the effects of certificate of need, despite the fact that they may not have connected the dots. Here with Americans for Prosperity, we are connecting those dots and shedding light so that people can help to understand not only how did we get here, but what can we do to fix it? That's awesome. And, you know, even if you have a hospital that's like in, you know, the, the thick of it or the trenches with the, with the system and the certificate of need system, it doesn't even necessarily mean that it's going to work because there's an example out here on the Kenai Peninsula where South Peninsula Hospital it's the hospital in Homer, Alaska. They did a, they went to a public bond for, I think, $20 million and uh, got the bond and remodeled the, the basement of the hospital to increase hospital beds. And they pumped $20 million 
into this basement. And at the end of the day, they did not get the certificate of need. And so it became the world's most expensive closet. I've been to it. I've toured the $20 million closet. And it's just a complete waste of money. Even the system itself fails sometimes. And you get left with a $20 million closet. So Bernadette, what can somebody do? I know there's a hearing coming up. Um, what are some tactical and practical things that somebody could do to um, help this uh, you know, uh, get, get into the limelight of the, of, of the everyday uh, person of the House and the Senate to take it seriously? Right. So we, um, for those that like to get into the weeds of it, we are sitting in Senate finance right now. That's our last committee before we go to the Senate floor. Senate finance has scheduled this bill for a hearing this Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. We have not heard yet if they will take invited testimony and or public testimony. So hopefully we will get an answer on that today. But here's what I would urge Alaskans to do. Reach out to us if you can find Americans for Prosperity Alaska on social media. If you can find our email address, right, contact us and we will ultimately be reaching out to you as well so that we can get phone calls going. We can start to put pressure on these legislators and let them know um, that we, you know, it's time to get this completely repealed. We want to see it repealed. So the phone banking, the letter writing, that whole campaign is getting amped up. And what I, you know, what we need Alaskans to understand is it's going to take all of us, just like it took all 80 participants in that room on Saturday to set, um, to make that such a great event, right? And to be able to claim that we held the biggest event, it's going to take everyone getting involved in this again. I can't do it myself. Americans for Prosperity, the staff can't do it themselves. We're going to need everyone to join us. And so we're hoping to get a petition going. So I'll be looking for signatures for that. And then we will be, if you keep your eyes open, we will be setting up, you know, as everyone knows within the campaigns, we do phone banking, right? So we will be setting up on days and times. And our goal is to flood legislators right now, senators, um, on this bill and let them know how Alaskans feel about it. And I can't emphasize that enough. You know, they're being in, inundated right now by lobbyists from the, the hospital associations. And so it's going to take Alaskans pushing back really hard to let legislators know that we're not going to be beholden to special interests. It's time to see this repealed. So uh, just to, so if people are just checking in with us on Facebook right now, they, um, we're talking to Bernadette Wilson, who's the Alaska Director for Americans for Prosperity. And we're talking about the Certificate of Need Program, which is a state law that requires healthcare facilities, any health size healthcare facility before they expand, they have to get a certificate from the state that's, that says that they're allowed to expand. This is an anti-competitive, it's anti-healthcare kind of a kind of a bill. It is hurting Alaskans because we cannot get the healthcare we need when we need it. We're having to go out of state for it. And uh, so this, uh, this particular law basically says, if you want to build something, a, an extra exam room, you have to have that project reviewed by the government before you can do that. And it is, uh, it is a terrible law. And Americans for Prosperity Alaska has, that, uh, has this as one of their legislative priorities, correct? Yes. Of repealing uh, this law. I was asked when I came on with Americans for Prosperity, Bernadette, what do you think the Alaska priorities should be? And right out of the gate, repealing certificate of need was an easy one because we know how bad um, our healthcare system is here, how, how much it's failed people 
like I said, on the access and on the cost side, that is certificate of need. It's We have got to get this repealed. So uh, uh, you mentioned people getting a hold of you and uh, what is the website uh, that people can find you guys so, at? So on social media, if you go to Facebook, it's Alaska. Okay. It's AFP Alaska, so Americans for Prosperity Alaska. And then I can drop um, in the comment section of this video, I can drop our emails so that people have um, that information as well. Okay, good, good. We'll do that. We'll do that because we really do want people to reach out to you and get involved. And for any of the about, you've had about 180 people taking your training. I would like to see all 180 people get a hold of you and, and start getting involved in this because this is the first big thing that they could make a huge difference uh, forward for the state of Alaska. So the, you've got your Facebook page, which is AFP Alaska. We're going to put the email address in the comment section. And then you mentioned, and I, I didn't hear it because it cut out on me a little bit, that, that this bill is in Senate finance this week. It is. It's in Senate finance Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. So I will be flying down to Juno this week. I will be in Juno next week. I'm so sorry. They won't, they won't be <laughs> right. Uh, they won't be able to get away with us, but away from us, I should say. But, you know, I tell people, Suzanne, there has been this light kind of shed on the Anchorage Assembly meetings and people have really realized to the extent that they've got to get involved, right? They have to get down. They have to testify. Here's the thing. The fact that Juno is so far away is not an excuse that we can use anymore. People can call into these legislative hearings just like they can call into an assembly meeting and testify. They can send in letters. They can send in emails just like you would with your assembly. And so my message to Alaskans is we need to start taking the same formula and format that we've been using with the Anchorage Assembly for the last couple years, the same tactics that we use to help get a great mayor elected. And it's time to now apply that pressure on Juno. You know, people tell me, oh, Juno's so far away and legislators don't do what, you know, they said they were going to do. Well, how many times have you called into their committee meetings? How many emails have you sent? And I understand some people don't know the how, the when, the what, or why, right, With when it comes to Juno, but that's where we can be a huge asset. We will help guide you. I will help guide you. Here's where the hearing is. Here's the day. Here's the time. Here's who we need to call. What I'm asking is, everyone come on board. Let's get those phone calls made and let's send a very, very strong, heavy-handed message to Juno that we're done with certificate of need. And this is not just a partisan issue. I believe you've got support on both sides of the aisle for this, but I also believe that there's an intense amount of pressure coming from the hospital lobbying groups. Um, they, they, they want to keep out this, the day clinics, the day surgery clinics, and the other kinds of clinics that can do work that where you wouldn't actually have to go into a hospital. They are trying to suppress that. But in fact, there are people on, who are Democrat and who are Republican who support this. Will they have the courage to do the right thing? Yeah, no, in states where we've seen certificate of need uh, repealed, and there's, you know, quite a handful of them, it has absolutely been a bipartisan effort. And as I mentioned earlier, you have even the Obama administration. The one thing that the Obama and the Trump administration both agreed on was that certificate of need needed to be repealed. It's been repealed on a federal level. And so, you know, at the point that you have even, even President Obama on his watch saying, yeah, we probably need to get rid of this. It's a very bipartisan um, effort. And I 
I absolutely believe it'll be a bipartisan effort here in the state of Alaska. I don't think it matters what political party you are, that the desire to increase access and reduce health care costs is a shared value among both sides of the political spectrum. And so, and in some cases we may have, have more support um, from you know the left side of the political spectrum, depending on which districts they represent, right? That's true. Well, I'll be doing a story on certificate of need this week. So I, I may be giving you a call and we'll, we'll just, we'll touch base on some of the finer points of this as well. John, you have other questions for our guests. So uh, Bernadette, what's another big thing that um, Americans for Prosperity is going after uh, this year? Uh, we got a couple more minutes here. You have anything else you want to highlight? So patient advocacy is the other big one, right? We've all seen these headlines the last couple of years about individuals having loved ones that were in the hospital and then being told you're not allowed to come in here, right? I mean, there were people that said, I will quarantine, I'll take a COVID test, I'll do everything. And they're not coming in. I mean, I've told the story of Marvin Abbott, um, who, and I know Mustard Alaska covered that story. He slept out on the lawn of Providence Hospital for 30 days because they would not let him in to go see his daughter. Those stories are a dime a dozen. Assemblywoman Jamie Allard um, really went to bat with Providence Hospital um, as she fought to be able to come into the hospital as she had been named as a legal advocate for someone that was there. And so patient advocacy is another big one. That bill currently sits on the House side. And so we, again, will be looking to Alaskans to call in. If we want to change it, legislators are not going to change these things on their own. And so it's time for us to take all of our frustration and all of of the whining and the complaining, and we've got to channel it down into Juno to demand that they that they fix this going forward. So patient advocacy is the other big um, piece of legislation that we've got our eyes on. Right, and that is a uh, a bill by Sarah Vance in Homer. To it's a kind of a no patient dies alone bill, and there is a similar bill that's going through the Colorado legislature. I believe we're not the only state where all of a sudden people realize that hospitals can lock you out from seeing your 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 loved ones, if they want to, they can prevent you from coming in. And then your, your mother, your father, or your, your spouse, even your child, they've done this during COVID. They do have the power and we've got to, we've got to take that power away from them. That's too much power. Yeah, no, I know Colorado's looking at something similar. I believe representative Sarah Vance's bill is modeled after an Arkansas um, piece of legislation that passed. So there's multiple states that where all of a sudden the individuals woke up and, and said, oh my gosh, what the heck? I don't think most of us realized that a hospital could shut you out like that, right? I mean, we took it for granted. It, it was our parent, it was our spouse, it was our sibling that was in the hospital. Of course we were allowed to go in. This, I think, shocked a lot of people to find out that hospitals could legally deny you the um, opportunity to come in. I mean, we know of individuals where even the, the pastor at Providence Hospital was denied, you know, access to come in and, you know, pray with someone while they were on their deathbed. It's just, it's heartbreaking, but we've got to change it. And there is no one group that's going to be able to change it by themselves. It's going to take all of us getting involved, all of us putting pressure on those legislators and saying enough is enough. Yeah. And I heard of one hospital in Alaska, and I think this is true. Um, they said that you could not have your family member in unless you signed a document saying that you only wanted palliative care. So you were ready to give up any rights to, to live. In other words, we're just going to keep you comfortable and then you'll die. 
and that way we'll, your your family can come in and see you before you die and it's like wow that is quite the choice to be giving people that okay i have to sign this piece of paper that says you won't keep me alive then i can see my family i'm sorry these hospitals yeah. are just they're crazy they've it, gone it, they've gone too it, far it's absolutely sick. And I'll tell you what, if I have to fight those hospitals any day, I will take that battle any day of the week. If this is who's on the right side of history, you send in all the hospital lobbyists you want. If this is Alaskans uh-huh. versus the hospitals, we will rally those troops and we will fight those hospital boards every single day if we have to. Yeah. A worthy fight. Well, thank you for being on our show. And I, gosh, that that is the fastest half hour on the on the planet. I think, John, we set another land speed record here for uh, the Must Read Alaska show. We try to keep it to a half hour so everybody can get back to their their daily lives. But we'll be back on Wednesday with John Quick as the host. If you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, we just really want to thank you. It really is a great thing when you when you hit that donate button and help us keep going. There are plenty of costs, lots and lots of costs to running the podcast, to, to running the, the newsletter three days a week, keeping the website up and running. There's tech support. There are subscriptions that we have to pay to keep all this stuff going. So thank you for your donations. I appreciate you helping us keep the lights on here. And until, until next week, I'll see you, but you can see John back here on Wednesday and uh, dialing off now from somewhere in Alaska. Must Read Alaska show. This show is sponsored by Charlie Pierce for Governor. We want to thank Charlie Pierce for Governor for sponsoring the Must Read Alaska show and helping spread conservative news all over Alaska.